Welcome to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price. Brought to you by Ye Old Orchard Pub. There's a lead pass in on Bull McDavid. The 2-1 pitch. Cordero swings. Base hit. The Expos will win. The Expos will win. Cordero with a base hit to win the ball game in the bottom of the ninth inning. The drought is over. Drink it in, Canada. World champions. And now, here's your host, Elliot Price. Price. All-Star weekend in the NHL, Pro Bowl weekend in the NFL. First of all, I can't tell you the winner in either of them. All right, let's start with the NFL because what I know shouldn't take long. And I'm guessing they played the game because uh, I didn't see or read anything about it. Skills competition, at least that's what I think it was from. I saw Justin Tucker kick a 50-yard field goal into a basketball hoop. Amazing. But that's it. Swear not a single other notable action. And I follow social media pretty religiously. NHL weekend. Ah, you couldn't get away from the top 100 of all time and the offended by omissions like Evgeny Malkin. There's always hits and misses. I understand they cheated Connor McDavid out of the fastest skater record by changing the rules. Saw the Midwest get lit up. PK clamped down on Connor McDee. Gretzky win a coaching challenge. And the Oscar nomination for best movie, Fences. Beat the hell out of the rest of the weekend. Elliot Price, Grant Robinson at your service. Nice to see you back, Mr. R. I actually had a reason this time. Yeah, was, you were saving up all your energy to watch the Pro Bowl. No, it, it was definitely uh, not related to that. Nobody, uh, I didn't even watch, I'll be honest, I PVR'd it. I'd watch it when I got home Do you from know hockey. who you are? Grant You're, Robinson, You are yes. Grant Robinson, <laughs> the only person I know that would actually watch the Pro Bowl. I Look, I like it in a sense. Did it you, is what it is. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. I rewatched it. Like watched I said, the whole thing. I watched. Yeah, I rewatched oh, it. Man. Fast forwarded though through the commercials, and I'll be honest, I like that the players actually did try. You could tell they were tackling this year. Stop. No, they were honestly. Grant, having said that, Grant, stop. Probably the least offense I've seen in it. So don't, don't embarrass yourself. The skills competition, though, I was right about. Anybody who watched that, who, yeah. you, who I've spoken to, yeah, uh, it was enjoyable. Problem is, it was Friday, and they never announced that, so I had to go and rewatch it. They See made it very I mean? difficult to find. I, I, it, it, like it didn't exist. The game too. I look that that was there. The, the hockey one I did watch uh, was more at the at a more convenient time. I don't mind it. Look again, it is what it is. We'll talk about a little bit an opening face off there, but uh, you pretty much did cover most of it. You're not <laughs> wrong. Like I mean, that's all I got. No, but I'm telling you, I actually because uh, um, uh. My kids, one played in a basketball game Sunday, and the other was in a uh, a shooting contest, and that's it. Uh, the the All Star Weekend, and so that that was it. So I had some time to sit and watch, and uh, to be perfectly honest, everything I said I watched. That's all I watched. And then my wife and I watched the movie, which was terrific. Get an opportunity to see Fences. Uh, Denzel Washington was uh, was amazing. Viola Davis was amazing, and it was a great movie. As we start to uh, go through. Our uh, best movies. We saw Moonlight and Fences on the weekend. So we got two down. Moonlight's which one? Moonlight's with... Don't know their names. Perfect. All right, but worth watching? With with, Oh, yeah. With actors I've I've never seen before. But Fences, Denzel is Denzel. He was amazing. Yeah, he's very good. 
All right. So there you go. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. Plus, we'll go to Australia, if only. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Stephanie Miles from uh, OpenCourt.ca on what was an amazing... That you wanted to watch something on the weekend? And I, I asked her... Uh, we'll ask her if it's, uh, you know... I, I was kind of reading up today on, on the 1990 fight between... Um, uh, Jerry Cooney and uh, and George Foreman, which they called the geezers at Caesars. <laughs> so, I didn't of, hear that one. I like never. that, though. <laughs> We're looking for a name for uh, Nadal and Federer on Sunday. Anyway, uh, so a lot to talk about tonight. We've got uh, Eric Engels, and we've got Todd Lushko, and we've got Daniel Kalis. And so we are busy. Uh, conversation uh, between uh, Ron McLean. And the commissioner of hockey, and I know, I know you want to hear Ilya Brzgalov interview Alex Ovechkin. I absolutely <laughs> do. That's not even false. I do. Coming up, the opening face-off. The final buzzer. Two glorious points. You leap from your couch, chest bump the mirror, and go to bed. You call that winning? Ye old Orchard Pub begs to differ. Get the game with the energy and excitement it deserves at your friendly neighborhood Ye old Orchard Pub. With over 20 beers on tap, over 40 single malts, six locations, and a full house of fans like yourself. There's no reason to spend another game night lonely. Now open on Salaberry and Shattagee. Visit YeOldOrchardPub.com or find them on Facebook. Say goodbye to buffering, stuttering, and annoying pop-ups. Say hello to Sportsnet Now. A new way to stream sports without cable TV. Matchups from the MLB, NBA, and the NHL. And more of your favorite Sportsnet programming. Plus, watch every Blue Jays game on any device in true high definition. Your sports, your way, starts now. Visit sportsnet.ca slash now to start your free trial. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price. Tackling the latest headlines and the hottest topics, it's time for the opening face-off with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson. I was going to start off kind of like you did here with All-Star Weekend, and I was going to ask, the question was going to be, in the NHL, uh, did anything stand out to you from the event Saturday or Sunday? Now, you kind of mentioned what it was, so we'll do something different I'd here. Say, no, I didn't say they stood out. I no, 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 but that's what the... I mean. You mentioned what you knew, <laughs> so instead of asking you that, what I'll do is I'll look at mine, and then you could comment you know what, on what you, you know thought about you them. You know what stood out? Watching all the players uh, stand out on the ice that I watched when I was a kid. Which most of you have never seen play the the uh, the ceremonial face off against nobody that was nice the guys dropping the puck <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. on three drop the puck <laughs> what what did he say I dropped my puck already uh, look so well first of all one thing I say watching it as much as the All Star game is still look. Take it for what it is. I know people complain about this game. I took it for what and, it was, and, they and I say, didn't watch it. No, but the people that do watch it and then complain about it, it's not meant to be like Don Cherry's doing the intermission for it. He's he's doing it, and he's at the event, and his answer is, this is why I don't come to these events. You're there, Don. I, I don't know if, you, if, you're, if you're realizing this. You are there, and you're doing commentary on it. Like... You know what he's, oh, there's a no effort. It's, it's an all-star game. It's there. It's for fun. It's for the players, their families. Uh, like, for example, the moment with, with, uh, Kessler's kid. Did you see that? Feign excitement. No, but did you see Kessler's kid? Uh, I only saw a uh, picture of... I, I think I saw him go five-hole on Carey yeah, Price. Carey, I, he I saw beat Carey li- Price. People Stop were literally it now. No, but my point is, <laughs> Carey Price literally kicks his leg out to let it go through. Yes. People are like, Carey Price's goaltending struggles again, reach new low. Again, Come again on. with your people. <laughs> you know, you find these people just so you'll have something to say. Well, that part... Uh, look, I, I thought it was decent. I'll say this. The three-on-three really? three tournament, I, I used to find the game just barely watchable. I, I couldn't do it. The three-on-three, three, the short games, and the mini tournament, I can get on board with. To me, all this three-on-three three showed me. Call get me, rid in. Of the sh- Call get me rid. in two years. No, but get rid of the shootout. It's it's run its course. Three-on-three three for ten minutes if you want. Keep it at five. I understand. One but point th- if you don't win. That's we're, it. We're, you're only looking for one goal. That's a whole lot different than watching these guys play it for two well, ten-minute no, periods. What I'm saying is looking that's at enough. it. enough. You see the plays that can happen when it's three-on-three, three, even when guys are trying. Yeah. If a goal's not scored after five minutes or, or ten max, no bonus point. That's it. 
Get rid of it. Today I'll play the part of Don Cherry. The other part you talked about, fastest skater, right? Yes. Uh, Connor McDavid. The, the NHL is telling us, take this event seriously. They they made an event specifically for McDavid to try to break the record, right? You're You're doing this, you're the one bringing attention to it, and then you change the way... It's done to the point where McDavid's actually kind of upset about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the National Hockey League. <laughs> Come on, what more man. do you need to know? It's like doing a 40-yard dash with one guy with a running head start and then uh, sending, you know, Jamal Charles, try this. How else are you going to beat Usain Bolt? <clears throat> well, everybody you else, everybody you else gets a running start. <laughs> Uh, let's see you win this now, Bolt. Here's one. P.K. Subban's supposed to be in the hardest shot, right? Whose event is that right now? We know who runs that event. It's Shea Weber. He runs it. And P.K. Subban pulls out last minute, said he didn't want to do the standing around. I don't know. Look, again, we'll never know. To, is that just more a not wanting to end up? Pro- he was the only other defenseman that would have been in it. He probably would have made it to the finals and got beat by Shea Weber. Dude, he didn't want to stand around. I don't, he was still standing there. I don't care. He was still standing didn't want to stand around. Okay? You're not listening? Did you hear his commentary? No. I told you. I told you what they I saw. I, I'm surprised nobody retweeted. He had some good comments about uh, Carey Price. He he called Austin Matthews. Uh, he wasn't hitting on him or anything, but he got a little weird with it. What? Talking about how good looking he, he, he was. He grabbed him there and he... <laughs> no, he was commenting on him. They asked him what he thinks about Austin Matthews, and he doesn't say anything about his eyes. He goes, it's not bad looking, eh, that guy? He's, uh, yeah. He talked about that, but... Uh, it's important. Bettman, I know we have a little bit later. Yes. Uh, is that going to be him at the All-Star Game talking about the chance of the Olympics? Yes. I thought his comments in it were, were laughable at one part. Uh, he stresses how tough the Olympics were on players and the scheduling. And then brings up, this five-day break was tough, too, for the All-Star break, but we got to give the players what they want. Which, again, we'll see if he does that. I think that's what he said. And then says, and then goes on to say, I guess the you're, World you're, Cup put a strenuous, uh, put a, a little bit on it. You're doing a poor job of paraphrasing the... <laughs> okay, well, when we listen, we'll, yeah. we'll rediscuss, okay? We'll rediscuss when after that. we listen, that. we'll actually listen. And Gretzky's coaching success. Yeah, okay. <laughs> people actually, and again, I'm not. I'm talking about announcers. Again? Announcers, not people. Yeah. The people announcing. So announcers are people. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh my God. Wow. That he hurts. gets one challenge yeah. right, and everybody's going, "Oh, should Gretzky make a return to so, coaching?" So you switch from people to everyone. Hey, that's your new yes, one. Yes, everyone there you go. is saying. Everyone. Come on. All right. You get a few people saying this, and there's always going to be those. Those people will always exist, and those are the ones that always seem to get. Your attention. Even your son knows the example to use about not. Wayne Gretzky coaching. No, you told me this. He brings up that Wayne Gretzky's coaching record. No, I think that was uh, that was uh, Michael Jordan. Oh, Michael Jordan. Okay, well, same thing. To me, same thing. Michael Jordan coaching, right. Wayne Gretzky coaching, pretty similar. No, I don't think so. The only part that was maybe significant. No, I don't think, I don't think they're, they're similar at all. How they both failed pretty badly. Greatest ever. No, I'm sorry. Apples and oranges, and an unfair comparison okay, that you are fair. making right now. Well, go ahead, then look, okay. we, we could go with this. Wayne Gretzky did not bring those players to the bench and then coach them. Michael Jordan brought those players to the team. Okay, fair. So he did the kind of. You're saying he had more of a there was nothing, more of a role. You know what they say? You can't make chicken salad out of chicken poop. <laughs> That's what Gretzky was supposed to do. It Solid was example. Jordan, who was bringing the poop. You see the difference here? <laughs> okay, fair. You understand he, now? He did both. All, All right. right, fair. Uh, but did That's you hear, the difference. Did you hear the players talk about the Olympics? I know you said we'll have... Um, well, they haven't we'll changed have their mind. It's always but they been were the pretty same. Vo- I haven't heard them be vocal about this. Taves, Crosby, and McDavid they've always been. were pretty... Always. Does that make it any difference no, it to you? No, you think it, it still doesn't matter? All the players want to go to the Olympics. And all the rest of the players want the time off when the other guys are at the Olympics. It works for everybody. But Except again, the you stand team. by, you, you still be surprised to see it, eh? I have no idea. So you don't... But I'd be I think surprised were... not to see it. I think they're stupid if they don't go. All right. I, and I, I, and I want I to see it. Do. I don't know. I, I, I think don't McDavid's know. right. They're, they're, not, they're not talking very positively right now, but everyone has reasons for doing things until the day that it actually doesn't happen. It doesn't matter what the conversation is. Don't listen. Cover your ears. You mentioned your favorite part of the All-Star Weekend, the top 100, like seeing the guys you watched. Uh, look, I know they didn't rank them, right? It was just a top 100. But if you were to rank the top three all-time, who are the just the top three? Forget top ten. Well, yeah, it's Gretzky's the, one. They get top three. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about Gordie Howe. You know, 
but uh, or or Lemieux and, and Gretzky are, are top three for me. I, I caught Howe, and I never saw him at his greatest. Gosh, so for darn, you, you gosh, said, darn, the, the first time that players broke uh, the 100-point plateau, right, it was Gordie Howe, Bobby Hull, and Phil Esposito. Gordy was already like 40 years old, which is amazing that he was I the first right there, winger yeah. to break the 100-point mark. <clears throat> but he wasn't that guy. I, I never saw that guy. You know, a guy, you know, it's always going to be the guys you saw. Somebody tweeted out on the weekend, the greatest players of all time are the guys you watched when you were 12. <laughs> That's know? actually pretty. It's look, pretty. I'll, I'll say it's different because Gretzky for me, I didn't see in his prime, yep. but I still know, right? Bobby Orr, everybody talks about him. It's not an argument, so I would put him in. My third is I Mario. Saw, Who'd you I say saw, your third was? I saw uh, Orr, Gretzky, and, and, uh, and Mario. Okay, so you said the same. Okay. I saw all of them. I in saw their... all of them. I saw I saw all of them when they played their first game in the National Hockey League. So so look now we're talking about things we've seen and recall uh, uh, the hype <clears throat> around all of them when they were fourteen fifteen years old. They were like prodigies. They were huge. All of them. They were going to be the greatest players ever, and that's how it turned out. So for people that are around my age now, or maybe a little younger even. Their players that they watched, like you just said, at 12, were Crosby and Ovechkin. And we're still getting to watch them now. Nothing wrong with uh, that. Now, what I'm saying is, where to you do these guys end up, you think? After the other guys. But are they are they top 10? They is play Crosby... in a different era. It's, very, it's a lot more difficult to do what you're doing right now. And, and it doesn't mean that there aren't other players that did stuff. I mean, good grief. Has there been a... I've never seen a better scorer than Mike Bossy. You can say what you want about Alex Ovechkin. But I'd like to no, see him, him. I'd like, like to said, see yeah. him stand around the net and take the constant beating that Mike Bossy took with his back and hang around. It's, he scores his goals on those one timers from the face off circle. Mike Bossy took a beating in front of the net. Crosby, I would argue, hundred percent that he's top ten. A lot more armor now uh, than there used to be. Too. I would argue that Ovechkin, I'm, I'm borderline. I don't know. Oh, I know he's great, great, great but great. like you just said, when it comes to goal scoring, it, just because he is, the sticks have changed. It's very hard. What about just personal, where nobody can take this away from you? It's not about they were the greatest. Personal favorites, okay? Personal favorite. Who is your favorite player ever that was still pretty good, but that you would have, if you were making a list of, you know, favorite players ever that would be on yours that maybe isn't on everybody else's? Well, I, I don't understand how Pierre Pilat was not on uh, the top 100. The guy won, if I'm not mistaken, three Norris trophies, or he won three in a row. Or something like that. He was on the, the all-star team. You know, they pick a first and a second every year. Like seven or eight times. So he's one of the greatest defensemen of all time. And he didn't make the top 100. Three nor- but, but you know what? There's, no matter who you are. It, it's How do you pick 100? They asked 58 guys or something for their top 100 of all time. And then they added it all up. And that's what they got. And it's hard it's to do. It's always going to be yeah. players that don't make the list. A top ten is easy of of anything. Doing no, a top, top no, no, but not easy either. Top ten. If it's your top ten ever, you have a more a higher opinion of it. As soon as you go, your favorite hundred movies, right? You're letting movies now that are in it that aren't necessarily that great, but that for you were subjective. And that's what I mean. The lower <laughs> no, you get, I find yeah. it gets a lot more uh, saturated, and it's hard to movies it, are movies are not hockey players. No, but it's, it's very still it's about very opinion, difficult right? to argue uh, a, a top five uh, player that had a th- uh, more. Um, Assist than anybody had points in the history of the game. I don't care. You know, you can argue that this movie is not top five. You can't argue that Gretzky's not top five. <laughs> no, Gretzky can't is, do that. Gre- but you once you do get that. to the lower, like you could say, three Norris for Pierre Pilat, yeah. but this guy did this, and yeah. he never won a cup. Yeah. It's very hard. But uh, Pierre Pilat won a cup. Two more things that seem hard to do: the San Francisco 49ers running their team. Uh, I don't look. Maybe have a different opinion, but they continue to baffle the football world. Uh, they named John Lynch as the general manager of the franchise. What did you make of this hiring when you heard it? Were you at all surprised? Were you don't care? Don't okay. Well, I don't care. That, I, I didn't research it. I really don't care. Good for them. I'm worried about my team and and how much are flights to Vegas? To me, this is <laughs> desperate move. Like, uh, look, I I understand. I am not the owner a of a team. What did you think I was going to say? Did you, do you have an idea? You, you knew that this was going to be a question, and you thought that my answer well, would be... you might say I don't care, but again, you I can still know. have an opinion on it where, <laughs> look, zero front office experience. You give the guy a six-year contract. You? Here, you know what, then? Yeah. That's okay. I, I don't care. 
I'm going to say this then, if you don't have an opinion on it, you you hire somebody to have this job, and I get it. You know what they looked at? Tell them, Grant. They looked at John Elway and said, look, ex-player, perfect, this will work. Kind of like Steve Eiserman did in Tampa Bay. He's done some great work, right? But does it always It doesn't work. mean going higher. In hire. Colorado, they said, hey, Patrick. Joe, Joe, Joe Sackick, yeah? great player. And now you're last place. But you don't know it's going to so work. You don't, but at least Joe Sackick was part of their team. John Lynch has nothing to do with this team, has no ties with the organization. And John Elway, everybody brings this up. To, it was, uh, who was it? Was it Matt Millen? Matt Millen's the other one. <laughs> Matt Millen is the other part of it that was, where that was brutal. A good one. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, like Absolutely done brutal. nothing. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's not good, but Spend when Elway was hired, organization. Elway talked to the Broncos in 2010. This is his direct quote. Not interested in being a coach or GM. I don't have that kind of experience to be able to pick the players day in and day out. Went on as ex- executive VP of football operations. After a year, their GM uh, quit. He stepped in, and who was the prize free agent that year? Peyton Manning. What would help land a Hall of Fame quarterback? Maybe having a Hall of Fame quarterback talk to him. Uh, that made sense. Broncos draft picks since he's been there, zero key draft picks. He in, he, sorry, acquired a good team. He had a very good team. Yeah, which means they're going to fall apart now. But the 49ers have nobody. Like, they have nobody. You need the best GM you can possibly find to fix this mess. Tell him, Grant. And you bring in John Lynch. Not like, if I was a 49ers night. fan, yeah. oh my goodness. But you're not. Uh, I know. So in the end, I'm, I'm kind of happy. <laughs> you're maybe right. I still don't care. <laughs> Last one, Devontae Freeman. Yes. Focus should be the Super Bowl. I get that. But you're going to be asked a ton of questions oh, this week. I thought maybe he was on, on, on a boat in Florida. Or, no, or, no. or else he was—he uh, didn't like tweet from the dressing room. <laughs> no, he didn't, nothing. He didn't. Uh, oh, that but was a Facebook asked, uh, video from the dressing room. No, he was asked about his contract, and he was said openly. Yes. Look, I'll be honest. After this season, I yeah. expect to get paid, but I got focus. I got to stay one more game, and then whatever. Is that okay to say? Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay with you? No, I I agree. Look, he guy get okay paid six hundred seventy-five thousand next year. He had twenty-seven touchdowns the last two seasons. Come on. Tell him I'm not playing in the Super Bowl. But John Lynch is getting hired for six years. You know what I tell him? Get... Show <laughs> me the money. I wish I had that clip to play hey, right now. That's what I tell him. I hey, wish I had it. Super Bowl, I'm not playing. Sit it Let's out. See how you do. Hey, do you see what happened to the Steelers? Wait it up there, guy. You want that? <laughs> That's how the Patriots won. Steelers would have beat him. I'm not playing. This is why we are doing a radio show and not somebody's agent. The opening face-off with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson. Saturday, it's going to be a good day. Always is. It's because of all the games during the week. The one played on Saturday night is a special one. This is the story of a love affair between a country and a game. You want to try and teach someone about Canada, you go to the television Saturday night and it becomes crystal clear. Hockey Night in Canada on CBC and Sportsnet. Truck and Roll moves concerts, some big name bands all over North America. But Truck and Roll also serves some you've never heard of. Big and small, they take the same painstaking care. Trade shows, theater shows, concert events, experienced drivers ensuring timely delivery and professional service. Because the show must go on. And that can't happen if whatever you need to be there doesn't get there when you need it. Call Truck and Roll, 514-421-0045, on the net at truckandroll.com and on Facebook. Truck and Roll delivers, on their promise and on time. There's a lot of moving parts. Call the experts to assure that your complex ground transportation logistics are handled by those who know what they're doing. Because every second counts. We cover Canada and the United States. Call Truck and Roll, 514-421-0045. On the net at truckandroll.com and on Facebook. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson. All right, here we go. Time for Voices. Grant, you got uh, you got a pen and paper? Yep. Okay, because I'm going to run some of the commissioner right now uh, talking about the Olympics, and I want you to get it right. Yeah, but it might not be the one you heard. Is no, it no, the no, one no, during no, no, the intermission? No. Yeah, but only a little clip right now, but we're going to play the whole thing later on. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. So, so, so as you don't make a mistake as to what the man really said, right. okay, so have a listen. 
nothing new to report since uh, I met with the board in December. We met uh, yesterday and it didn't get 10 minutes of attention because there's nothing new. I think overwhelmingly the clubs find the break in the season terribly disruptive to the competitiveness of the season, to the schedule, uh, to the continuity of, of running a league season. And I think the IOC made a terrible mistake by putting it in issue because while there were a number of owners who were ambivalent when the International Olympic Committee said we don't want to pay the expenses, whether or not they want to pay them now is irrelevant because owners started focusing on the fact that, well, wait a minute, if they don't value our participation, why are we disrupting this season? There you go. You want to hear uh, all of it? Uh, just after uh, DK and the National Football League around uh, 920 or so. Uh, meanwhile, the real event from the weekend, Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal. Federer wins his 18th slam. For me, it's all about the comeback, about an epic match with Rafa again. Um, doing it here in Australia that I, you know, I'm so, so thankful to, to Peter Carter and Tony Roach and just uh, people's, um, you know, I guess my popularity here and their support. Um, that I can still do it at, at my age after not having won a slam for almost five years. That's what I see. The last problem is the slam count. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Have been a good match, five sets match in a, in a very special final, I think, for the fans, for us. And uh, it's great to play against him again, again after a couple of years without, without made that happen in a, in a big final. But, uh, but that's it. Uh, I feel happy. I played uh, a great quality of tennis during, uh, during the whole month that I have been playing. But that's the great news for me. And <laughs> the only goal for me is keep going. And I believe that if I, if I, if I have my body in the, in the right conditions, I, I can have a great year. And then he picked at the back of his shorts. That's uh, Rafa Nadal and uh, Roger Federer. Amazing. Really amazing. Because you're not going to see that again. Last time. Lucky to see it one more time. Last time. Uh, we'll talk to Stephanie Miles from opencourt.ca. A uh, lengthy interview coming up uh, just after 9.30 tonight about the Australian Open. Where does Milos go from here? And uh, positive, negative on uh, Jeannie Bouchard and, of course, the Williams sisters. Uh, meanwhile, the Toronto Raptors. What the hell is going on over there? What is it now? Six losses in seven games? Problems up front, says play-by-play -play announcer Matt Devlin. I know there's been a lot of conversation about the defense, and understandably so, but there's also needs to be a conversation about the starting front line. During that five-game losing skid, that starting front line was averaging 20.6 points, shooting 36%, shooting 16% from three. And it gave them a little bit more against Milwaukee, and last night it, it just wasn't there as well, really. I mean, Patterson, from a rebounding standpoint, making a couple of threes was there. But as we know, he is a super role player. Um, you need something else from, you know, that three spot. You know, you need more uh, than what you're getting right now. And there's a still a few dollars left for the Toronto Blue Jays. What are they to do with it? Uh, rumors over the last uh, 24, 48 hours that they're interested in the White Sox' David Robertson. Now, the White Sox have been pillaging all winter long, taking away other teams' best prospects for some of their stars and paying some money. So this is a player that you would want. You have troubles getting lefties out. It doesn't matter. He's a righty. He gets hitters out. Your closer pitches a couple of days in a row. You got another closer. So it's someone I would listen about. I sure wouldn't give up the farm. Here's Ben Nicholson-Smith covers the Blue Jays for Sportsnet. I would guess that they'd probably be willing to take on uh, some salary to get better prospects back. And if you're dealing a reliever of that caliber at a time that clearly relief pitching is very valuable in baseball, when you look at all the contracts that are being signed by the likes of Mark Melanson, Brett Cecil, Laurelis Chapman, I think that they would have been in the right to ask for some pretty big talent, especially if they were taking on most or all of that salary. So, you know, I think that if you're the Jays at that point, 
mean, maybe maybe you just walk away and say you're going to try to get things done a bit more creatively because that's the thing with the bullpen. As much as it's tempting to go out and spend on big names and as much as you have to do that in some areas, and I, w- I would say left-handed relief is probably one of them. If you're looking for right-handed relief, well, there are some lots of different ways that you can potentially get creative. there. I, I think they're an Australian band, Little River Band. Uh, help is on the way. Maybe for the Blue Jays. We'll see. You know, it's uh, two weeks, two weeks to the opening of spring training. Baseball fans rejoice. Because uh, here we go. I mean, that means that uh, baseball, stretch run in hockey, mm-hmm. stretch run in basketball, the NCAA March Madness, it's all coming, baby. It's all coming. When's the, when's the NFL draft this year? April. There you go. It's always near the end. So there you go. I mean, we're, we're getting there. Big, big, big season's coming. Never mind the crap they showed on the weekend. All-star games. <laughs> what can I tell you? All right, to Eric Engels uh, coming up. Canadians with some changes today. Another player on waivers. Some healthy bodies coming back. Who's coming back? Who's on waivers? Eric Engels knows. That's next. After Grant's update, this is Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price. You're listening in Montreal on CFMB 1280 AM. The final buzzer. Two glorious points. You leap from your couch, chest bump the mirror, and go to bed. You call that winning? Ye Old Orchard Pub begs to differ. Get the game with the energy and excitement it deserves at your friendly neighborhood Ye Old Orchard Pub. With over 20 beers on tap, over 40 single malts, six locations, and a full house of fans like yourself. There's no reason to spend another game night lonely. Now open on Salaberry and Shattagee. Visit YeOldOrchardPub.com or find them on Facebook. You want your money to grow. You want it to be there when the time comes. Let me tell you about Paramount Financial Services and Lauren Rubin at 514-905-0885. He's taken care of my money for years and I can worry about other things. Does your financial advisor move your money around constantly to make sure he's making money, whether you do or not? Let's not forget, it's your money. And Paramount Financial Services will take care of what's most important and that's you. Call them at 514-905-0885. It's your money. Grow it for a better future. Paramount Financial Services. Are you feeling stressed and lacking energy? Do you hate the gym? Perhaps yoga is not your thing. Learn authentic Tai Chi and Qigong from the very family that created it. Regular practice of Tai Chi reduces high blood pressure, strengthens joints and muscles, improves digestion, blood circulation, and balance, prevents arthritis, boosts the immune system, and greatly reduces stress. The Chen Bing Tai Chi Academy is located in the West Island of Montreal. Try a free class. For more information, please visit us at www.cbtac.ca. Down the drain? That's not usually a positive thing. Unless, of course, that's exactly where you need things to go. What if they don't? Monsieur Drain is your man. He'll do a camera inspection and he'll know exactly what's going on down there. From all types of plumbing, draining, and unblocking to bigger jobs that need excavation. High-pressure jet cleaning. From the master plumber who's seen all there is in 25 years of top-notch service. Call Monsieur Drain at 514-640-0070 or simply head to MonsieurDrain.com. Free finance They'll take your problem from start to finish. Full service, including help with your insurance claim. Monsieur Drain at MonsieurDrain.com. Customer service, their number one priority. 514-640-0070. Having a nasty pipe dream? Use your brain. Call Monsieur Drain. Time now for a Sportsnet Tonight Sports Update. Here's Grant Robinson. 
All-Star Weekend is over. The Metropolitan Division won the three-on-three tournament in the NHL, and Wayne Simmons was named MVP. More importantly, the Habs are back on the ice tomorrow. They host the Sabres. Uh, and according to Michel Terrier, Alex Galchenyuk, Andre Markov, Greg Patron, and David Dernay could all be back this week. Dernay and Markov looking more likely uh, for tomorrow night's game. And Nesterov will definitely be making his Habs debut uh, on Tuesday against the Sabres. The New York Islanders have signed Thomas Grice to a three-year extension. He's gone 14-7-3 this season with a 9-2-8 save percentage and a 2.25 goals against this season. That answers who their goalie will be. Question is, where will they be playing as reports are surfacing saying that they will no, no longer be in the Barclays Center? Uh, so now it's only a matter of time. There's rumors about Quebec City. Uh, the NHL has denied that. Having said that, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stories uh, going on with that. We'll keep you up to date uh, with all that as news comes out. The San Francisco 49ers have hired John Lynch as their general oh, manager. Boy. And don't ask Greg <laughs> what kind of move that was. Well, it's not just me. The shocking hire has caused a lot of talk around the NFL, uh, but Kyle Shanahan does seem to still be. Uh, in talks with them to become uh, the head coach, which will be made official after the Super Bowl. And in tennis this weekend, Roger Federer beat Rafael Nadal in five sets to win the Australian Open, his 18th Grand Slam title. And as Elliot mentioned, probably the last time we see those two uh, square off for a title. And that's your Sportsnet Tonight Sports Update. Price. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. Yeah. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. I never slice. Come on, Elliot. I meant to do that. Get I in your gender direction. Elliot Price. You rocket! You're tuned in to Sportsnet tonight with Elliot Price. C'est moi ici qui est responsable. Here on 1280 AM, Montreal. It's understanding that makes it possible for people like us to tolerate a person like yourself. You know, Elliot, you were right. It's not a lie if you believe it. Now, Sportsnet tonight. Talking hockey. You know, the home team in red, white, and blue. We'll talk to Well, we're going to have to get Daniel to change that song now that Eric is being called upon to talk about many things other than uh, just the Habs. How you doing, Eric? Let's talk tennis. Whatever. <laughs> you want to talk tennis? We can talk whatever you want to talk about. We can talk about I, uh, I might want to dispute what Grant just said about the fact that it might be the last time we see Federer and Nadal together in a final. Well, you have to dispute both of us because I said the same thing. I repeated what Elliot said, I'll be honest. (laughs) I think it's maybe likely a little bit. Oh, come on. Seriously? You see this happening again? This was a miracle. I think it's possible. I think the French Open's coming up. (laughs) I would would, uh, definitely put Rafael Nadal among the top contenders to be there uh, no matter what he's been through over the last number of months with his wrist and listen let's just let's just go back a step here because that match which I watched in its entirety was just so fantastic the quality of tennis between those two players that we as we've seen on so many occasions uh, was almost higher in this match than it has been um, between them on different occasions and the the shot making that Roger Federer has made a career on um, that he's never been able to really quite pull off against Nadal, at least not since the you know those first eight matches were played and beyond that. I mean, <laughs> that that might have been the best that Federer has played Nadal in the last seven years, and I just I could not believe the guts with which he hit the ball in that fifth set and and the shots that he came up with and the longest rally of the match ending on a couple uh, on one shot in particular. It was probably his best in the match, and it, it was just incredible. It was incredible to watch. I just want you to know that I care. I care what you have to say, okay? And as it turns out, uh, they say that if you have opinions other than sports on places like Twitter, that you will lose some followers, but you will gain many more. So 
Don't let the Twitter world push you around, Eric Engels. I'm behind you. I don't. A hundred percent. I appreciate it. I appreciate. I don't really care about losing (laughs) followers. To be honest with you, it's not really a concern for me. Uh, To be honest with you, um, yeah, you know, in these times, in in times that are strenuous and and times that are um, conflictual, uh, among other words that we could use. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to stay quiet. It's hard not to, uh, express yourself. It's hard not to feel human. It's not, it's, it's hard to ignore, um, things that are going on that you just shake your head at and, and wonder how we can change them. And, um, if for whatever reason as somebody who has a, a decently large following, uh, on Twitter, I can influence some people to think a certain way. Um, that is more congruent with uh, a thought of peace and of love, um, I guess, you know, I probably shouldn't be too hesitant to do that. But it doesn't make me comfortable. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't make me comfortable. And and I almost feel a little bit of regret every time I kind of can't restrain myself from saying something uh, on a political issue. Because I know the people follow me uh, for sports reasons, and I know they follow me for hockey reasons. Um, But, yeah, it's very frustrating for me or for anybody else, I'm sure is in a similar position to, to have anybody try to censor them or tell them that they should just stick to something, uh, you know, that's, that's within their realm of expertise, uh, so to speak. You know, when it comes down to it, I think, you know, the only reason why I spoke up and said anything on Twitter, which basically was that I'm a human being and I care and that, you know, people like myself should or, or like anybody else, uh, should should not just be sitting around silently while injustices are being done. Um, is just because I, I I feel somewhat powerless. You know, like I think everybody feels a little bit powerless right now, and uh, it's hard to see. But the one thing that I did love um, yesterday on Twitter uh, and in social media, and and seeing pictures from around the world, and specifically in Canada after a horrific event right in our backyard in Quebec City or uh, in Saint Foy is there are so many people who feel like I do that love should prevail and that, that they're supporting people um, that are different from each other. And that, that to me is, is an important thing. And it, that was one good thing to see. All right. As you know, I'm, I'm, I'm different than you. I don't give a wit. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Montreal Canadians today. So what's going on? Who's coming back? I mean, all of a sudden the Canadians have a glut. Uh, or they will. By the time uh, we're a week from now, the Canadians will have a whole bunch of bodies back, and that means there's a whole bunch of bodies that aren't going to be playing that are playing now. So what does a coach do? What would you do? Yeah, well, it's, I think it's it's complicated, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Michel Therrien is going to do. Right now, you know, he's got Darnay slotted into the lineup for, for Tuesday's game against Buffalo. He's got Nesterov, who just came over in a trade, who's guaranteed to play. He's ruled pattern out. Uh, he's ruled Galchenyuk out. Um, those guys probably won't be back before the weekend. Uh, and Markov, he'll have a conversation with in the morning and decide what they're going to do. If I had to handicap it, I'd say they might wait till Thursday with Markov. But, you know, I, I almost get the sense uh, from Terrier that Markov's the one driving the bus on that. Like, if he tells him he wants to play, he's going to be in the lineup. So, uh That'll make for an interesting dynamic uh, in Tuesday's game. You know, Nathan Bolia has been playing with Jeff Petrie. They've kind of, kind of finally hit their stride, uh, and I'd probably erase that Islanders game before the All-Star break uh, from memory if you're going to make a, an honest evaluation about how they played together because nobody on the team showed up for that game. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, what does it mean for Mark Barbario? I just wrote a, a column on Sportsnet, you know, whether they're back tomorrow, whether Marco's back tomorrow or Patterns back on the weekend, both those guys are coming back. It's going to be within the next week that they are back, well, 99%. Uh, and Galchenyuk is coming back. It's going to be before the end of the weekend probably that he's back, 99%. So with everybody back outside of Brendan Gallagher, uh, they've got a surplus. They've got a surplus at the defense position. They've got a surplus at the forward position. And there's really three ways that it can go. Uh, Mark Barbario will be put on waivers, which is, I don't think is an ideal scenario for Bergevin, considering he just traded for Nesterov to shore up depth on the left side of the Canadian defense. Uh, and all of a sudden, he may have to lose an asset for nothing, one that's played the last 26 games pretty well, I would say. He's filled in quite admirably, and he was a, he was a pretty good player for them in a, what was a very bad season last year, which earned him that two-year deal. 
Um, the other option is you make a trade off the blue line, which which is something you know I I think is certainly a possibility. And the third option is you scratch two forwards and send them down, and Jacob Delarose and Daniel Carr, because you don't have to subject yeah. either of those guys to waivers. <laughs> and that and that and that leaves you stuck with eight defensemen and no no replacement at forward if somebody gets sick or somebody gets hurt. And St. John's is not that close, so. It's complicated. Yeah. It's, it's a, but it this makes is, for a difficult Eric, dynamic. This is how the Canadians got Nestor off, because Tampa Bay was in the same sort of situation. So rather than lose the guy for nothing by putting him on waivers and someone was going to claim him, they took what they could get. And so this is the situation that you end up with if you have a surplus of players, and the Canadians are going to be there. I can't imagine someone doesn't take Barbario, and yet some of the guys that pass through waivers, you know, especially Canadians defensemen, is beyond me. Yeah, well, like that's that's what Bergman and the Canadians have in their favor. It's, it's one thing it's that Redmond, who's there, and we'll find out if he clears before twelve o'clock tomorrow. He is on a two-year deal, and a two-year deal on NHL money becomes less appealing on the waiver wire. Right. On the waiver wire, uh, same thing with Barbario. Two-year two-year deal NHL money, but. I got to think, you know, the presence of scouts at the Bell Center has been enormous over the last month and a half, like bigger than what we typically have noticed, you know, throughout the years. There's been a lot of scouts in the building, in and out of the building. There's always scouts at every game, but when you see a list that has 22 names on it, that's that's a significant presence. And if they were watching Mark Barbario play, uh, they see a guy that if he's available for free, I really got to believe they, they would think that he could help them. So... I could see Redmond passing through. You know, it's been a little less stable with him and uh, as far as he's been used by the Canadians and what he's offered in his performance. Had a few good games and a few really off games. Uh, but Barbario's been consistently pretty reliable for the Canadians. And as a guy who skates well and moves the puck well, that's a premium in this league. And I got to think if he hits the waiver wire, he's going to get claimed. So I don't think Mark Bergman wants to see that happen. So... I'm really curious as to how he's going to uh, deal with that situation. That's exactly what I wrote about today on Sportsnet.ca. With All-Star break over, the next big event or big day, I guess, would be trade deadline. Uh, the first place is always enjoyable being there. The Habs players must be enjoying that. Uh, but are there any players on the team right now you think should be nervous about possibly being on the move uh, within the next month? Um, yeah, I'm, well, nervous. I, I don't know if nervous is the word that I would use. I don't think any of the guys are going to pay too much attention to that. You know, uh, the one name that I that I look at here with Nestrov in the fold now, uh, with the depth that they have at the position, is Nathan Bolia. And maybe nothing shakes out between now and the deadline, um, but he is a player that if you're looking to get some help up front and get a premium player at that, um, he'd probably be at the centerpiece of that deal coming back from the Canadians because, you know, you look at their A-level prospects and put Sergachev a little bit ahead of Juleson, that's for sure. Um, those are two guys that they don't want to move. And I'm not saying that they want to move Nathan Bolia. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't want to do anything with that blue line considering how important Mark Bergevin considers it to be. But, you know, here's a guy who's making $1 million right now. He has 20 points or 19 points in 42 or 43 games this year. He missed something injury. And he's playing over 20 minutes a game. And you look at what the Canadians have and what they've got to get done. You know, Mark Bergevin has Thomas Placanitz under contract for $6 million uh, through next season. He's got to sign Radulov. He's got to, and you got to believe he wants to. He's got to sign Andre Markov for another year, I would guess. If Markov wants to come back, it's pretty much a lock that he'll be back with the Canadians. Uh, he's got to sign Alex Galchenyuk to what's going to be a really healthy raise, considering the guy's been producing at a point-per-game rate since last February. So, you know, where does that leave Bolia? And, and where it might leave him is in a situation where if they can dangle him and get one of those two great forwards in Colorado, be it Landeskog or Duchesne, and I think it's more likely that it would be Landeskog, um, they might consider doing it. Am I saying they're going to do it between now and the deadline? I really don't think so. Am I saying that Nesterov uh, can replace Bolia? I'm not saying that at all. It just so happens that Bolia, with Markov healthy and back in the lineup, turns into a third-pairing defenseman. And is that where the Canadians want him to be? Do they believe that they could do better or they could pick up a depth piece 
between now and the deadline if they do decide to move him for a forward. So there's a lot of moving parts there. One thing I know for sure, Mark Bergevin is all in. He, he, if he's not all in, there's something wrong with him because he looks at the same situation that we're looking at. He made big trades over the offseason, big acquisitions with the Weber Subban deal, which is a career defining move. Uh, you know, Radulov in, Shaw in, trade of Eller. You have to think when he looks at that salary cap situation, sees Carey Price with 6.5 million through the end of next season. This is his window, and it's not wait till next year, the last year of Price's deal. It's this is it. It's, it's this year, next year. This is your chance to do it because there's no team out there winning with a goaltender making making record money. You know, like it, it just doesn't happen. We haven't seen a team in the cap era uh, with a goaltender win the Stanley Cup that was making over six or seven million dollars. So. I think, you know, this is this is a big year for Mark Berger, and if he has the opportunity to make that kind of deal, he will. And remember, those two players, Duchesne and Landeskog, they are long-term pieces as well as short-term pieces. So if he can make that kind of deal, that's always the kind of deal he's been looking for. So it wouldn't entirely surprise me, but I'm not saying it's guaranteed to happen. Thank you, Eric. Always a pleasure. Go read his story, sportsnet.ca. Eric Engel's here usually on Mondays, so we hope to talk to you next week. Thanks. Okay, take care. There you go. Eric Engels, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Dumont, Cabs Eyes on the Prize, will be here uh, tomorrow night. The Canadians play tomorrow night. Uh, I believe uh, they play twice during this week. So, game nights, usually Mark Dumont and Andrew Berkshire. You agree with what he's saying? That it's that uh, it's pretty much now or never. Well, not never, but... It's now. You got this a big is, window. This is a now, team. Take a swing. Yeah. I, I agree. Look, It's uh, always, always take a swing. Always take a can't swing. hit a can't get a hit if you don't get a swing. No, but I mean, we, we talked we talked a bunch of times about how overvalued defensemen are. Mm-hmm. You know, you Absolutely. saw you saw you know the trade between New Jersey and Edmonton for Taylor Hall, and you saw what that got them and what it cost. So you never know. You know, you say, oh, they would never do it. well. You know, defensemen are tough to come by, right? Uh, Tonalushko coming up, uh, the NHL All-Star Game. What does he think about uh, omissions uh, from the top 100? We'll find out. Sportsnet Tonight continues. I'm Elliot Price. Say goodbye to buffering, stuttering, and annoying pop-ups. Say hello to Sportsnet Now. A new way to stream sports without cable TV. Matchups from the MLB, NBA, and the NHL. And more of your favorite Sportsnet programming. Plus, watch every Blue Jays game on any device in true high definition. Your sports, your way, starts now. Visit sportsnet.ca slash now to start your free trial. Another great year at Windmill Heights Golf Club. More work done as the course gets better and better. And more improvements on the way for 2017. Family owned with an ear to their members. You have a suggestion, they'll listen. But chances are they already know. They play their own course. Golf too expensive? Not this year. Call Windmill Heights Golf Club and we'll make it work. I love the ease of travel, the food, and the fact that they won't ask me for more money when the season's over. Great food. Great golf, great price, great members. Call Lino Carboni, 514-453-7177, extension 3. 514-453-7177, extension 3. They're creating something special at Windmill Heights Golf Club. Listen for the Muscle Milk Performers of the Day. Brought to you by Muscle Milk. Whether you're an elite athlete or strive to maintain an active lifestyle, Muscle Milk helps provide post-workout protein to help you finish every workout right. Be your best, but better. Be strong, recover faster, fuel up, and succeed. With Muscle Milk, every day is game day. Find Muscle Milk at your local convenience store. Better than yesterday, every day with Muscle Milk. Welcome to the alleged show. Hi, Elliot. Price. This is going to be a shame. Sportsnet tonight with Elliot Price. That's baloney. Horse hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, wake the kids, phone the neighbors. You don't scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. Price. You want to touch my monkey? We pop Yes. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? The sportos, they all adore it. They 
think he's a righteous dude. Yeah. Good luck, showboy. Uh, from the very evil mind of Daniel Iorio. There you go. Boy, it's been a while since we talked to Todd Lushko. He's a very, very busy guy. How you doing, Todd? Very good, Ellen. I, I wouldn't... Busy? Yeah, I guess a little bit busy, but uh, I always have time for you guys whenever I... Uh have that opportunity to talk so i don't know, glad I'm back. You know I, I called i called lou lamorello and i told him <laughs> last monday night leaf game they're, they're <laughs> yeah. you're, well you know what there's not a whole lot of them in uh, the month of january we no, got one and that's uh, against the islanders on the 6th of uh, february so after that we're all good are, are they are they playing in brooklyn or they're gonna look for a place maybe <laughs> play out in the street somewhere <laughs> <laughs> no, they're in Brooklyn. I mean, it's going to be, they've got a tough schedule. They're coming back. I mean, they've got a bunch of uh, road games. Yes, they've got four or five games in hand on certain teams. But uh, as soon as this all-star break, well, not all-star, well, yeah, the all-star break is now over. They start tomorrow in Dallas. Then they venture off to St. Louis, Boston, and then New York before they uh, get back on February 7th for a home tilt uh, against Dallas. All right, uh, the NHL All-Star Weekend. I know that you are a, a radio guy uh, who talks about hockey. You're almost forced to watch this stuff. But if you weren't, what would you have watched? Instead of the All-Star Game no, and the it, no, competition? I give you the opportunity to either watch it or not. What would you have watched? What wouldn't you have watched? <laughs> in terms of the, you know what, I'm, I'm still, regardless of how... I thought you said he's still recovering. <laughs> well, you know what, it's, it's interesting because as painful as some of the stuff is to watch, there's enough elements in that All-Star uh, day, the competition, the game, whatever. There's a few highlights always, and you're always going to enjoy some part of it, as painful as some of the other things are. I thought that, you know, the skills competition, they're trying to get creative uh, to do certain things, and, you know, the one where you're shooting for a million bucks from the far end of the ice and and putting those, uh, you know, go through the small hole that Mike Smith was able to do. I think that's a novelty. That thing will be gone next year. For the plain and simply, because I think it's too difficult. I think the guys don't like it because they couldn't they couldn't show their skills because it was too hard to do. So, but uh, there, there's a lot of good things that still happen in those All Star games, and guys get creative. And you know, you saw the last the last game, the three and three picked up the intensity a little bit. Maybe the last ten minutes of it, which is always fun to watch. All right, uh, you played in the NHL, but before that, you were a kid. And you watch some of those guys in the, in the top 100. So which, which guys came out to, from your childhood and you went, yeah, I remember him. Well, oh, they came out as in I didn't like them? No, no, no. I, they, they, were, was... they were like, they were your heroes where you were a kid and you went, wow, he's still the man. Well, no, I guess being from Toronto originally, Daryl Sittler was always yeah. one of my guys for the simple reason. He just, it was Toronto and every, every jersey that I played in, whether it was hockey, baseball, soccer, I always had number 27 because cool. of Daryl Sittler was on it. And, you know, obviously I got an opportunity to play against Wayne Gretzky, uh, for a couple of years and Mark Messi. And it was, it was cool to, to see those guys, Timu Solani, you know, you, you look at those guys on the air and you remember that when you, when you had an opportunity to play against those guys and then, uh, when you watch something like this, you kind of, you know, you, you take it back a little bit in your honor because you actually had the opportunity to play against some of these guys that you're watching on TV. And then you really realize the magnitude of, of how good these guys actually were. And I mean, there were, there was a bunch of guys that didn't get on that list either. And I'm sure you guys may have talked about it, but a couple of guys deservedly so that, that I was kind of shocked that didn't get on. And one of the guys that I played with for a bunch of years was Jerome McGinley. And I was kind of surprised that he didn't get on that list. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm listening to you talking. I'm thinking, you know what? I wore nine. No matter what sport I played, I wore nine because Bobby Hall was my guy. Also born on the ninth at nine o'clock in room 209. I don't know what to tell you about all that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Bobby Hall was the man. And uh, to watch him, uh, you know, be out there and all those other Blackhawks. uh, I was, and you talk about, uh, you know, guys that did, that didn't. And Grant asked me before the show, and I couldn't believe that Pierre Pilat was not. On this team is a guy that won multiple Norris trophies, consecutive Norris trophies, is a first or second All Star year after year. There's always going to be guys. There's always going to be somebody. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, back that was, I guess that would have been in uh, between '59 and '67. Yep. Uh, Pierre was playing and you know playing for the Chicago Blackhawks, and he he was arguably one of the best defensemen not to make that list. And like you said, winning three Norris trophies. So there's, there's a lot of guys that you could have went up and down, like a guy like Dale Howarchuk, Malkin, Belfer, uh, Zdeno Chara, Joe Thornton, just to, to name a few. But you know, at the end of the day, the guys that that I talked to that were out there at at the All Star game that watched everything, they said the highlight of that whole weekend was seeing those hundred 
hundred guys or how many, however many guys that were there, walk out and 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 be the the center of everything. Because even the current all stars now, uh, you could see their mouths drop every time their superstar hero was brought out. It, it was pretty cool, and uh, that was something to be to, to be uh, to be seen. One thing the NHL did do. Sometimes they do things wrong, but I'll tell you what they did that so correct. There's always rumors every year, and we're in Montreal, and we'll still hear the rumors that as soon as a guy's coming yeah, up we, to free agency... We're some sort of foreign outpost here. We well, won't get information. I mean, I'm talking about Toronto rumors. <laughs> Hold on. We even hear Where them here. Stamkos and Tavares, you know, these boys are always coming home. That's always the rumor. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but All-Star Weekend, you hear <laughs> Austin Matthews. Last year was all Stamkos, so you're not that <laughs> well, no, far ahead of yourself. It, it's always there, yeah. right? And now... Austin yep. Matthews getting interviewed at this was talking about, you know, uh, growing up as a Coyotes fan, and that's what made him love hockey. You're, you're and freaking out already, I, no, huh? I, I'm not, but I'm saying, <laughs> how do you think Toronto fans will react, you know, when the shoe's on the other foot and he's coming up to that, and there's all those rumors maybe about him going back uh, to Arizona to want to join that team? Well, I'll tell you what, but before he answers, okay, we're going to find out a year before that, okay, because Connor McDavid is going to be a year before Austin Matthews. We'll see how the NHL deals with uh, a superstar and a restricted contract. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I'll tell you, if we've got to lose one Austin Matthews, and we can gain a Connor McDavid and Jonathan, uh, John Tavares and a Steven Stamkos, I think yeah. we'll take it. That'd be but a nice power play. And he's got all three day, of them. At the end of the day, listen, Austin Matthews isn't yeah. going anywhere. And the reason why you heard about all these things and the way Tron always talked about guys coming home is because we didn't have one of those guys in Toronto. We haven't had a guy in Toronto like that since Matt Sundin left. And the fact that we have an Austin Matthews now, I think you're going to hear that talk become less and less for the simple fact that we finally have one of our own superstars here in Toronto. And that talk, I think, will diminish, albeit they would love to get a, a Tavares back. But the reason why you always heard conversations like that is because Toronto just didn't have a guy like that since Matt Sundin has left. All right. Before we let you go, obviously uh, we're coming up to an important time here uh, in this schedule, in this season, in the first season for Toronto in a long time. Their fans have been waiting for a playoff team, and yet there is a larger prize in the future for the Maple Leafs than just this year's playoffs. But it's been a while, so what do you do? Do you do a little tweaking and maybe trade and give something to push your team along in this year's playoffs, or you stay the course and uh, you keep your eyes on the prize? I don't think you're going to see Toronto do anything. I think they're they're happy with with where they are right now. Obviously, if they can make the playoffs, that's going to be a bonus. And I got to be quite honest. I think they will make the playoffs. And I don't, but I don't believe that they're going to make any drastic drastic changes to this lineup by giving up a couple players that are going to make them better short term. If they are going to make a deal, it's going to be someone that has a few years left, or they're able to sign long term, and it's not going to put a massive dent in this lineup right now. I think Lou Lamorello and the Leafs are happy with what they have. They're ahead of this, they're ahead of their rebuild schedule right now, so don't look for uh, for Lou to be making any big deals uh, come trade deadline. Maybe maybe a, a you know a depth defenseman on the back end that can add, but I don't think you're going to see a number one or number two defenseman guy come onto the Toronto Maple Leafs. Quite simply, because there's just not any out there that are available, and the ones that are is going to be way too big of an asking price, and Toronto's not going to be willing to give that for a short-term gain. Always a pleasure, Todd Alushka for the Fan 590 in Toronto. Talk to you next week. All right, boys, have a great night. Good stuff. We're flying tonight, Greg. And it's, it's got energy. It's It's got yep. everything that the All-Star Weekend didn't have. Oh, come on. You didn't even watch. You everything can't say that. Everything that the Pro Bowl <laughs> didn't have. Well, ask Daniel Kalis. That's what we're going to do. DK is coming up. It's Super Bowl week. I'm excited. Patriots. Falcons. Who knew? <laughs> Falcons. Good team, but I agree. Look, I never gave them the credit that they'd be here. That's for sure. But here they are. Right, uh, Grant's got an update, and then... Uh, we will talk to Daniel Kalis. Uh, still to come, uh, I, we didn't do the uh, the Brizgalov, right? Interviewing Ovechkin. We will have that. And the commissioner being interviewed by uh, Ron McLean. Plus, uh, Stephanie Miles from Down Under to talk about the Australian Open. All of that still to come. Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price.
Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go to the pub. Ye old orchard pub. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go to the pub. Ye old orchard pub. Well, if you haven't been there, you're probably sure. Yeah, the beer is cold and the food is good. I think all my friends in the neighborhood gotta go. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go to the pub. Ye old orchard pub. Now open on Salivary and Chattagay. Gotta go. Learn authentic Tai Chi and Qigong from the very family that created it. Regular practice of Tai Chi reduces high blood pressure, strengthens joints and muscles, improves digestion, blood circulation, and balance, prevents arthritis, boosts the immune system, and greatly reduces stress. The Chen Bing Tai Chi Academy is located in the West Island of Montreal. Try a free class. For more information, please visit us at www.cbtac.ca. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price. All right, uh, that's pretty much it for tonight's show. We certainly thank all of our guests uh, who joined us to make this a terrific Monday night. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Eric Engels, Todd Alushko, Daniel Kalis, and, of course, so you just heard from uh, Stephanie Miles all the way from Australia. It's been a very difficult uh, 24 hours uh, in the province, and um, we'll, we'll leave you with this, and we'll see you tomorrow night. This-